That's 2 Corinthians 1 from verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Phil, thank you so much uh, for reading for us this evening. Before I start, let's, uh, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we uh, do need your help uh, this evening. Uh, Father, I pray that as, uh, as we come to your word, I pray that our hearts would be soft and uh, they would be ready to receive from you. I pray that uh, yeah, we might see more of your glory and marvel more at uh, the things that you have done and the way in which you call us to partner with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so the call to, uh, to mission work um, that uh, we've seen uh, this evening is, uh, is both exciting, uh, but it's also incredibly challenging. And we've heard uh, some of those things as we've listened to uh, the testimonies of uh, Abby and John and of Matilda and Steve uh, this evening. Uh, the joys uh, and the trials of being called by God uh, to be rooted and serve him uh, for a season uh, in a place uh, sometimes far away uh, from our own homes. And the verses we have tonight from Paul, I think, are, are most helpful for, for, for you and uh, for me this evening. Uh, we who have sent uh, brothers and sisters in Christ uh, to distant lands uh, to serve God. And as we look at these three verses, um, I want to lift out uh, briefly three things. Uh, that there is a shared pain, uh, that there is a common hope, and there is a partnership in prayer. So firstly, a, a shared pain. Now, Paul uh, writes to tell the churches of the realities for him of being a missionary. Uh, He longs for the church uh, that he loves uh, to know of his true situation. And he starts with the words, uh, I do not want you to be uninformed. And he goes on in verse 8 to tell the church that while in Asia, uh, he did experience trouble. Uh, We're not told exactly uh, what uh, the trouble was that he had. Um, all that we know is pointing to something that happened in Asia. Uh, this is more than uh, merely losing your luggage at the airport or not being able to get the right sort of hire car. No, he tells us in verse 8 that things were pretty bad. And Paul really strains uh, and he stretches uh, the language in an effort to express himself as he articulates just how bad things were. Uh, Paul says that they were under a great pressure. Uh, The image here is of being weighed down uh, or crushed under a great weight. Uh, So pressure that was far beyond uh, their ability to endure, uh, literally beyond their strength. It was so severe, so crushing, so relentless, so sapping, that they just didn't think that they had any way out. And they despaired of life itself. Uh, They could see no way out of the situation, no exit, no way, no going back, no going forward. 
darkness, trial, and suffering on every side. So devastating was their condition that living itself became unbearable, and there was no sight of things improving. It was, Paul says, like receiving a death sentence. Uh, The missionary call on Paul's life was at times utterly beyond him. And this isn't something that Paul tells the church in Corinth to make them feel bad uh, or for them to be discouraged, but rather that the church in Corinth might be reminded of the common hope that they have. And for the church in Corinth to be able to partner with them in prayer. So let's look at those two things, the common hope and the partnership of prayer. So the common hope. So that the church in Corinth and the church here at LCBC, that we wouldn't be anxious or sad when mission partners suffer adversity, uh, Paul explains why this season of trial befell them. In verse 9, look down, he tells us that this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Uh, Paul sets before the church in Corinth and uh, before us here in Long Crendon the common hope that they have. The hope in the God who delivers and raises from the dead. Uh, Paul's experience of uh, his call to serve God meant that he could only do what God was calling him to do if he would work in the strength that God provided. God would work through Paul only when Paul found himself at the end of his own resources and strength. And as Paul found himself at the limit of what he was able to do in his own strength, in that place, he met and experienced the goodness of God. In Paul's weakness, through Paul's weakness, God was at work. And his meeting with God was so sweet, so uplifting, so glorious, that Paul says that it was as though he had, metaphorically, experienced resurrection, to have been lifted out of that place of despair, to be brought back, as Paul says in verse 10, from a deadly peril. In that moment, in Paul's utter weakness and through that encounter with God, Paul reminds us that the God he worships, the one true God, is the one who raises the dead. Paul tells us that God has delivered them and that God will deliver them again in the future. Deliverance and trust in the God who raises from the dead is the hope that Paul has. And it's the same hope, the common hope, that the church in Corinth has. Indeed, it's the same hope that we have here in Long Crendon 2,000 years later. It's helpful to see that Paul doesn't pray that the trials would stop. Rather, that in any trial that God sends, in any adversity, that Paul would recognize it as an opportunity to rely more and more on God. Now, that doesn't mean that Paul's looking for adversity just for the sake of it, but rather recognizing that in a broken and fallen world where the prince of the power of the air rules, there will be opposition to the gospel and towards those who proclaim it. But rather, in that adversity, through those challenges, that we would know God's strength. We would know the sweetness of the deliverance from deadly peril that we would remember that the God who meets us in those common trials is the God who raises from the dead. That's the common hope. It's not to minimize the adversity, but so that we would not be overwhelmed by it. So what's the call for us, those of us who've not gone out with our mission partners? What, what can we do? 
And that brings us to our third point, a call for us to partner with our missionaries in prayer. In verse 11, Paul asks the church in Corinth that they help him by their prayers. And he tells us why. That by those prayers, the God who delivers us and in whom we have the hope of the resurrection would continue to deliver them. And that God himself would be blessed. He says, uh, starting from the middle of verse 10 to the end of verse 11, take a look with me. He says, on him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Paul encourages uh, the church to pray for the missionaries and their work. That the God who delivers from deadly peril is the God who hears our prayers and is attentive to our needs. That God is longing for us to bring our needs before him. Uh, not because he doesn't know what's going on. He does. But because it's by prayer that our hearts are being drawn closer and closer to God. By prayer, the hope of the gospel and the work that God is doing would also become our heartfelt desire. That our desire might be for the mission partners to be amply supplied by God's strength, to know God tangibly with them, and to see God powerfully at work as he delivers his people, to see God advance the proclamation of the gospel through our weakness and in his strength. And so Paul says that as we pray for our mission partners and we see God's gracious favor being extended, that that would cause in each one of us an overflow of thanks to God. That God's people would seek to bless God for the deliverance, the help, the comfort that God has given to his people. And that starts an upward spiral of prayer and deliverance and thanks and a blessing to God. As Paul says in verse 11, that as God delivers, we see many give thanks on behalf of our mission partners for the gracious favor granted us in the answer of the prayers of many. That thanks and blessing would be offered to God as God blesses and provides for his missionaries. That as God delivers his people from peril by God's strength, we, who have sent out our mission partners, would overflow in thanks and praise to God, that we would bless God as God answers our prayers, that God answers our prayers, we would have thankful hearts, that we would have joy-filled hearts. So what's the call for us? Let me give you five things, but most crucially, one thing, pray, pray. So five quick things. Firstly, uh, to pray that our mission partners would walk closely with the Lord every day. To encourage them by writing to them or speaking to them. To let them know that you are indeed praying for them. Secondly, to pray that our mission partners overseas would be delivered from peril through the strength that God provides. Through those trials and perils, our mission partners will be taken closer and closer to the point where they will exhaust their own spiritual, emotional, and maybe even their physical and economic resources. And Paul has shown us that in those times, they are closer and closer to the point where they can draw richly from the resources that God provides. And it's a wonderful place to be, the most marvelous place to be, and the best way to work for the Lord. But, humanly speaking, 
it's an incredibly challenging place to be. So they need us to be praying for them. Thirdly, for us to be well informed. Or as Paul phrases it, do not be uninformed about the trials that they're going through so that we can pray for them in an informed manner. If we know of the specific challenges that they're facing, we can deliberately and purposefully bring those situations before the Lord to help us with that. Our mission partners, they produce um, uh, letters regularly, short communications to help us keep what they're doing at the forefront of our minds. And if you don't receive these letters, uh, speak to Mark. He'd love to put you on a distribution list so that you can receive uh, those prayer letters. Uh, Fourthly, pray for endurance for our mission partners. Uh, Working overseas, away from home, uh, being planted in a new part of the world brings lots of challenges. Uh, Our partners may be working um, in in an area that's culturally uh, new for them, uh, one that uh, brings many challenges. Uh, The people they work for may not have the same zeal for the gospel, the same urgency, focus or desire for its proclamation. It's oftentimes very hard work. And there may be times and seasons where they see little fruit. And there are pressures away from their mission field. Their families back at home may be suffering. And our missionaries may have their hearts crushed by not being close to their friends and their families. So pray that they would keep on going. That the joy of the Lord would draw them on. And fifthly, um, as our reading showed, it's uh, not just to pray... Uh, for them to draw on the strength that, uh, that God provides. But crucially, crucially, it's for us to give thanks to God for the things that he has done through them. To give thanks to God that he has called our mission partners and that they've responded. To give thanks to God for the prayers that he has answered. To give thanks for the way that he has delivered our missionaries through their trials. To give thanks for the way that God is keeping our mission partners close to him, sustaining them and encouraging them. To give thanks that God is bringing forth fruit in the harvest field that he's called them to. So look at the letters from our mission partners. Just as Paul encourages us us to do and pray for our mission partners. And crucially, give thanks to God. Are we going to respond Uh, to what we've heard from Abby and John and uh, Steve and Matilda uh, from God's word and the promptings that the Spirit has laid on our hearts now. Uh, And Rob will uh, share with us in a moment uh, how our time of response uh, will work. But let me just uh, pray for us uh, as we close. Uh, Heavenly Father, do thank you uh, so much uh, for uh, the goodness of your word, uh, the power of your spirit, uh, and the way that you are at work in uh, the lives of so many people. So, Father, I pray that you would uh, stir our hearts now, uh, that we would uh, respond to what you are doing. Help us to be a people uh, who delight in uh, supporting our missionary partners and people who uh, pray to encourage them and also pray to give you thanks for the way that you are at work through them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the many blessings that you pour out. Thank you for the way that you have blessed Stephen and Matilda's work. Thank you for the way that you've blessed John and Abby. Lord, we thank you for your word that's gone forth in Nepal. Bless it, we pray, with the growth in your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for the students that leave Topher College to minister 
and to extend your kingdom in North Nigeria. Thank you, Lord, that we can be a part of that through prayer and that our prayers are heard by a mighty, a glorious and all-powerful God. And Father, we just thank you that we can enter into your presence and know that our petitions and requests are heard. And Lord, we look for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.